KWAD this morning. It's the morning sports desk. We have Corey joining us today. What's up? You know, uh, it's a Tuesday. Uh, gonna be a little weird in the weather tonight. If you didn't know. You know, what are you gonna do? It's March. Just expect the unexpected, I guess. I've already planned on not doing anything anyway. And by the way, that was my plan if it was gonna be nice out. <laughs> uh, speaking of, uh, plans. So, I don't know if you saw the story, but Johnny Manziel is interested in returning to Texas A&M as a coach. I saw a little peek at that. I don't know anything more than he said he'd maybe like to coach, but that's yeah, that's all I know. Yeah, uh, you know, he's he's trying that uh, fan-controlled football. Have you ever heard of that? Nope. It's like basically this league where players can tell the where fans can tell the players what plays to do. Oh, that sounds awesome. It's a gimmicky concept, but yeah, like if it works well. Anyway, Johnny Mansell's not doing the same thing as that. So, it's believe like it or Madden, not, but in real life. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Believe it or not, uh, Johnny Mansell says he misses college. No way. No way. Where the dude was a legend on campus. Was that like the greatest time of his entire life? Do you think? Uh. Yeah, I would, I would say so. Well, I, I, it certainly didn't get better when he went to Cleveland. He's Johnny Football. Like he got a cool nickname out of it and everything. He beat Alabama. He basically made Texas A&M an established program in the SEC. He was awesome. Yeah, he was really good. I'm still really glad the Vikings never drafted him, even though apparently they really wanted to. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Believe it or not, Spielman uh, likes those mobile quarterbacks. He likes those. Kind of like hybrid mobile quarterbacks. I don't know. Could you imagine um, Johnny Manziel coached Mike Zimmer? That would have fell apart coached so fast. Zimmer. That would have been an actual murder. I by know they who? don't practice who would have murdered who? Park anymore, but for crying out loud, that would have ended in in the loss of a life, I think. Besides the fact that Johnny Manziel was a complete bust, and also, by the way, I think according to his own admission, had some drug problems. I mean, that's hard to believe. You know. And by hard to believe, I mean on opposite day. <laughs> <laughs> Look, when you play in, when you played for those Browns teams, man, they were. What else are you going to do in Cleveland? By the way, is Cleveland actually a dump? Have you ever been to Cleveland before? Uh, is it actually just awful? Or is it pretty decent? It probably depends on who you ask. I mean. Like there's nothing fun to do in Cleveland at all except go to the hospital. Probably, yeah. I mean, you know, I've driven through Cleveland at like 3 a.m., so I mean. There's nothing going on then, probably. Nothing, nothing good. You then know that's what, probably though, when Johnny Manziel was out. There's nothing good happening in Hewitt at 3 a.m., you know what I mean? There's nothing good happening and, anywhere and, at 3 a.m. And I, sorry, I apologize, Hewitt. I did, that was just the first town that came to my head. I could have picked any town. I could have picked any town. I should have just said it that way. <laughs> There's nothing good anywhere that's happening at 3 a.m. No. Except for me rolling over in my bed and looking at the clock and going, dang it, i got to get up soon. <laughs> How about when you're in college and you swung through the Taco Bell drive-thru at 3 a.m.? That is still not a good situation because I probably shouldn't have been driving. <laughs> or you probably shouldn't just be consuming Taco Bell. I don't know. I found my my um, health regimen consists mostly of eating and going right to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm allowing my body the most efficient way to metabolize the food by doing nothing, stopping all blood flow. 
You don't want to burn that food off too quick. In case you're wondering how it's working out, it's not. Well, I was going to say you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Well, good luck to Johnny Menzel. I hope he. Uh, I hope uh, he can be a coach for them someday or whatever. What what would he what does he want to coach just the quarterbacks? I mean, he'll probably what like senior administrative offensive assistant of certain things. Probably is the best title I feel like he could get. Right. The guy who gets to tell the redshirt freshman where to put the cones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, good luck for him. It you know what? He probably could find a reason to Swing things back in the right direction of his life. I would say so. Yeah, good. I hope he. Uh, I hope he gets it <laughs> or something. I don't know. Well, it's Tuesday, so uh, we're trying out a new thing, aren't we, Corey? Twins Tuesday. Uh, yeah, we're gonna do a little Twins Tuesday. A uh, first of uh, of all, the Twins signed Chris Archer, who was a big name that the Twins were always interested in. Like what four years ago? Three years ago, I think people were hypothetically saying like. The, would the Twins be willing to trade Sano and Kepler to get Chris Archer? And, I mean, this is like a nice, safe, if it works out, it's going to really work out. If it doesn't work out, it's whatever, right? Like, yeah. Like, how would you break down the signing of Chris Archer? I think that pretty much hits the nail on the head. They're a team that... Uh, or Chris, the Twins are a team that needed pitching. Obviously, Chris Archer is—he's not going to be the top of the rotation guy anymore. He just hasn't been uh, since getting traded to Pittsburgh and kind of falling off the wagon. But the uh, somebody mentioned—I think it was Aaron Gleeman who covers the Twins for the Athletic—said Rocco worked with Chris Archer when he was in Tampa. The Twins have a couple other coaches and scouts that they plucked from Tampa who are very high on Chris Archer. So the team is very familiar. With him, they know how to work with him. They know what he likes. They know kind of what works with him. So I think this is a buy. It's a classic Twins buy low signing. Buy low on this guy. He's got a lot of upside. And if not, then you turn it over to your pitching pipeline, which the Twins are also very high on. But I think the Chris Archer, the uh, Chris Archer, Sonny Gray, and Dylan Bundy. If this was 2017, the Twins would have one of the best rotations in baseball. But I can't remember. It's what year again? Uh, 2022. Right, and it's after they were really awesome or before they were really awesome? It was probably, 2017 was their peak of being really awesome. So we're after the point of them, they're on like what you would consider like the downward slide of their career? I mean, maybe not for Sonny Gray, he still has been fine, but Dylan Bundy and Chris Archer, yes. But here's the thing, uh, somebody pointed out that Chris Archer is actually older than Dylan Bundy, which I didn't. I didn't think so. I don't know. When I hear the name Bundy, all I can think of is married with children. You just think of Al Bundy? I just think of Al Bundy and I, Dylan, buddy old pal, you're going to have to do some work because I can't get that out of my head. What if he sells you a nice pair of shoes like Al Bundy? Touche. I don't have a response to that. That was perfect. (laughs) Uh, uh, to keep up, oh, uh, the Twins play Tampa, by the way, today at noon. We continue our spring training broadcast tomorrow. And then I think, I think every day until they're done with spring training games, because the regular season is not too far away. It's about like nine days away. So I am looking 
at Minnesota Twins uniform numbers in history. Okay. And this includes going back to the Washington Senators. This does not include coaches and managers. Okay. This is only players. Okay. So, let's just start at the very lowest numerical order numbers. Sure. Okay. So, we're talking zero, double zero, one, and two. Who wore double zero? TC Bear? 61 players. It's a great guess, and it's also incorrect. Oh. 61 players uh, combined have worn... Uh, the number zero double zero one and two in uh, Twins Senators history. My question for you today, CJ, is can you name either of the guys who wore zero or double zero? It's one player per number. Can you name any of them? Well, TC Bear was my best guess. That's uh, a good guess, and it's incorrect. Uh, I I will tell you this. I'll give you a, a hint. I had an outside shot of guessing who wore number zero. I had no idea about double zero. So are any of them senators or is it all twins? Um, One of them is a twin. I feel like a double zero has to be a senator. Um, I believe that's correct. When did the twins become the... 1961. Yeah, definitely a senator then. Uh, So zero. Is it within the last 20 years or is it later? Uh, it would be uh, Second World Series. Oh. Yeah, I'm not going to get this one. Number zero was Junior Ortiz. Oh. I would have had a shot at that one. And double zero was Bobo Newsom. Bobo. <laughs> Bobo wore the number double zero from 1943 to 47. Okay. 32 players have worn the number one throughout uh, a Twin Senators history. Can you name the most current twin to wear number one? The most current twin. Well, um, is any... The most current... Tw- By the way, he's on the roster right now. On the roster. Oh, Nick Gordon. Duh. It is Nick Gordon. Do you know who wore number one previous to Nick Gordon? Uh, Like right before him? Yes. Uh, Sam Fold seems too late. Uh, it's not that late. There's one guy in between Sam Fold and Nick Gordon. Uh, I feel like this is one I should get, but I'm not going to get it. Jordan Schaefer. All right. He, see, the thing about baseball is there's just so many obscure players. Uh-huh, that's why it's awesome. Um, I could have named, let's see, I probably would have screwed up Nick Gordon, to be perfectly fair. Kind of forget he existed, despite he was like the fourth overall pick one year, which shows how bad the twin scouting department and he's was like, for a while. He's like played a lot too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so some maybe famous number ones include uh Siyoshi Nishioka. Who can forget the legend? Orlando Hudson, whom I loved. Orlando Hudson was great. The dual flap helmet. Um yes, exactly. Luis Castillo, whom I loved. Jason Kubel wore it in two thousand and four. Interesting. Very interesting. And uh, uh, Jay Canizero, Otis Nixon was is one of my favorite Twins references. And then I'm trying to think if there's anybody else. Billy Martin wore it in 1961. Oh, yeah. I guess technically he was a player. I thought you were going manager, Billy Martin. Uh, I know. And then, all right, let's move to number two then. 27 players in Twin Senators history have worn the number two. Yep. 
the most current player to do it is? Luis Arise. Yes. Who was just previous to Luis Arise? Uh, Brian Dozier. That's correct. Who was just before Dozier? I'm going to go Denard Span. That's correct. Who was just before Span? See, this is when it runs out for me. I'll give you a hint. The next two players are middle infielders. Um, I can give you a position if you need it. Guzman was 15. Correct. Um, Punto A. Tolbert, who was, 20. Who was Guzman's second baseman? Come uh, on, you got this. Nah, I can't. When you think of Christian Guzman, you think of this guy as a second baseman. I'm blanking. He was good against Kansas City and no one else. I got nothing. It's Luis Rivas, of course. Luis Rivas, okay. And just before Luis Rivas, this player wore number two. He was a shortstop. He was Chuck Knobloch's shortstop. Yeah, I got this going a little. This going back before my time. I know this is right in the heart of my time. Pat Mears. Okay, I'm trying to think if there's anybody. Uh, uh, oh, of course, Zoya Versailles was uh, wore number two, and uh, the very first player to wear number two was Sam Rice in 1931. All right, in 1932, some guy named Heine Manish. Heine. <laughs> Heine Manish. Old school baseball. Could you say, say it in like an old broadcaster's voice? Like, oh, it's a great day at the old ballpark. Oh, <laughs> Heine Manish about to get a big single up the first baseline. Um, old so, Heine around. I don't know. Something like that. That's wonderful. And uh, next week, we will focus on numbers three through six. Okay. For our uh, for our Twins Tuesday. I'm going to go number six, Tony Oliva, and just keep it at that. And just be done with that. Because that number's retired. Well, there, I, will give you, uh, I will give you a hint. There are some that uh, uh, in the Twins that, like, the number stops a long, long time ago. Yeah. Because of that number eventually being retired. Like Harmon Killebrew? I, no, I'm not telling you anything more than that. <laughs> I but think also, that... it's the next number in line. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quick question, a quick yes or no question. Uh, does the twin, the twins pitching, does that still concern you? Yeah, of course. That concerns me. The, the, the Carlos Correa high, the signing was great, but that, just, that concerns me. They need more top end pitching. Here's the only thing I don't know about the twins pitching. What I don't know is if they can throw strikes. And if they do throw strikes, are they just really big fat strikes? Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the uh, the old paint in the black situation is going to be for this Twins rotation and or bullpen. I have this. I had this feeling that it's like a lot of curveballs augered into the dirt and a lot of beach balls right over the heart. <laughs> I'm concerned about that. I don't know which one it's going to be. I'm concerned it's going to be one of them. <laughs> that's a that's yeah, that's going to be a problem. We'll but, talk about it more later. All right, sounds good. All right. There's Corey. This has been the Morning Sports Desk for Tuesday, March 29th. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffel Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week, so patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com. Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. 
Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com slash hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer.